You're listening to a podcast from Rocky Mountain Christian Ministries. For more information about our church, please visit us at rmcmchurch.org. Let's see. You, I don't know where to tell you to open your Bibles, to be honest. Um, I know what I'm talking about. I'm just not sure where we're going to start. Um, you can maybe open up over to Hebrews chapter 11. We may go some other places first. We may never even get there. I want to talk to you this morning. I, I have, uh, the Lord's just really, this is one of these times where uh, I've just been getting a huge download on this subject all week. I know we won't come close to wrapping it up today. Uh, I think we will either pick it up another Sunday maybe, or we will take it into a Tuesday night where we can have a little more discussion. But what I feel like, again, we're, we're still in this idea, the overall idea of we, we want to make it difficult for the devil to come in and steal, kill, and destroy the great life that God has for us, okay? And we've been talking about not becoming easy prey, not just making it easy for him to come in and steal from us. And there are lots of things we can do and not do that make it really easy for him. We want to make that difficult, okay? So I want to talk to you this morning about learning uh, not to be careless with this combination of the meditation of our heart and the words of our mouth. The meditation of our heart and the words of our mouth. The scripture talks to us about, uh, David prayed about this and, and saying, Lord, let the, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord. All right, and those two things go together. The meditation of our heart that's what we're thinking about, what we are pondering, what we're dwelling on a lot of times. The things that we are allowing or encouraging to run through our minds and through our hearts that get established in there. And, and Jesus told us that out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth will speak. So what I want us to, and, and this is why I'm going to take a little bit of time this morning. And again, I, I don't know how far we will, we will get with this today. But I do have some things that I want to uh, preface, some thoughts that I want to preface all of this with. And, and the first one is what we need to understand, and we will dig this out from the scripture so you can just take hold of it right now. We are created in the image and likeness of God. Okay, does everybody agree with me so far? Okay, we're all on the same page with that. God created Everything that he created, and the scripture says he upholds and maintains it, we'll look at those in a minute, with his words. Okay, so uh, we are designed in that same way, that our words actually matter. They actually carry weight. And what they do, and this is the part I may have to convince some of you of, is that our words essentially transfer spiritual realities into the physical realm. Obviously, not every word that we speak does that, but we have that capability. We're, in fact, I believe we're given that assignment in the earth. We are here to represent God. We are here to represent his interests in the earth, to expand his kingdom in the earth. Adam and Eve were given stewardship over the earth. Uh, it goes all the way back. We are given a different kind of authority in this earth. We are God's representatives here. And one of the huge ways that we do that is with our words. But we tend to lose track of all of that 
if we're, if we're not, if we don't understand what the scripture says, and we're just living kind of a natural life in that area, you know, the Bible tells us not to live, us Christians, not to live as mere men. Okay, it's not to put anybody else down. It just says, it's just telling us you're not just, you're not just human beings. You are the children of God in the earth. And so that means we have a responsibility. And Jesus actually said that we will give an account for every careless word that we speak. And he said that over in Matthew chapter 12, about verse 36 or 7, right in there. He said, you will, you, you'll give an account for every careless word that you speak. And so we don't want to be careless about our words. That word careless there, it means inoperative. It means uh, some translations take it as having to do with uh, deception or speaking something that isn't true as opposed to something that is true. And we're going to talk a little bit about that this morning. What does that mean? What is, you know, we have to remember in the context of all this, what, what truth actually is as opposed to what facts are. So I want to talk to you about that in just a second. But it is important that we understand that our words are very important. We are, they are not, we are supposed to consider the things that are going into our hearts and the things that are coming out of our hearts through words. I believe that when Jesus says there, you're going to give an account for every careless word that you speak. I mean, to me, part of the context of that is we don't need to be afraid and freaked out and never say anything about our words. But to just be throwing our words out there without any thought of how they impact not only other people. Everybody, have we all come to the conclusion that sticks and stones will break my bones, but words will never hurt me is a lie? Does everybody understand that doesn't, we don't work that way? Our words do go into other hearts as seed. They do produce what they, whatever they carried in other people's hearts, whether for good or for bad. They have that effect. They also carry and release spiritual realities into the environment around us. We can change the environment of a room by what we're saying. I mean, I'm sure everybody has had that experience of walking into a room and just being, you can be more or less sensitive to this, that's for sure. Karen's much more sensitive to, to this than I am. But you can walk into a room and you can feel joy or you can feel oppression or you can feel fear or you can feel faith. You can feel uh, that there's been an argument in that room, even though nobody's arguing right now. You can feel sadness and grief. Again, you can feel joy. I mean, it works either way. We can sense those things because words have been released and spoken in that place, and it's affected the atmosphere in that place. The same thing that happens in your home happens over your children. It happens in our community. I think it's a really bad idea for us to just be picking up what the world says about Gunnison, Colorado, if we want to live here, and, and saying, things, oh, it's so hard to live here, and oh, nobody can find a house, and oh, there's just no way to survive, and there's, you know, all that stuff. Some of those things may even be facts, but they're not necessarily truth. Because Jesus said in John 17, 17, he said to the Father in praying for us, he said, your words are truth. Your words, Father, your words 
our truth. Not, not my words, not what I see around me all the time. Those are natural facts. And I hope all of us have got by now that there is a spiritual reality that is higher and bigger than the natural reality. Because this natural reality is eventually just going to get burned up and rolled away. But those words are never, his words, never, ever, throughout eternity going to go away. Because they're truth. Okay? We're supposed to be living our lives by faith and not by sight. We're supposed to be living our lives according to the, the, the belief the foundational belief that what God, who God is and what God has said is absolute truth and that the things we see around us are all temporal and, and changeable and that we have a part in that. So having that kind of perspective, we can understand that it's not good for us just to casually be throwing words out. I don't think that that means that we can't joke and we can't laugh and we can't be lighthearted. I don't think we have to be a bunch of serious, oh my gosh, don't say the wrong thing because then my life will be a disaster. When we first came into the body of Christ, there was a lot of teaching about our words and it was good teaching. Then there were a few people that took that teaching like humans tend to do. Just get this right now because you're gonna, you are going to see this throughout your life. There will be truth that the Holy Spirit emphasizes to the body of Christ. And we'll grab hold of that. And then there will be some people that either exploit that truth or just get it messed up and take it to an extreme or whatever. God seems to stay on the throne through those things, okay? Through those waves that go through the body of Christ. It doesn't seem to destroy what he's doing. But when we first came into uh, the body of Christ, there was a lot of teaching about our words. It was being really strongly emphasized, I believe, by the Spirit of God. But a few people took that to an extreme. So it got to where, in some settings, it was never the setting we were in, but in some settings, if you walked into this service and you were not feeling well, and somebody said, how are you doing today? You didn't dare say, well, my body's sick today. Could you pray for me? Because... You don't want to say that. You're empowering the sickness. Well, you can. In fact, here's the way. Let me see if I can remember this. I do have it written down because I knew how my brain was today. Um, the Lord spoke it to me this way for this. You can express facts without giving them the power of permanence in your life through adding faith to them. What does that mean? That means if I come in here and my body's not well, I can ask for prayer. I can say, you know what? Right now, I'm, I'm having symptoms of sickness. Could you pray for me? Because I know that the truth is, by the stripes of Jesus, I have been healed. I know that the truth is, God wants me well. So I am holding that truth up here, and I'm asking you to join with me in prayer over a fact to change it by overwriting it with truth. I was, I was doing um, the Tuesday night podcast this week, which I don't know how to do very well. And so I, was, I, was, I uploaded the audio file and then I listened to it and I didn't like something about it. And so I went back and edited it again and then uploaded the new audio file that I had fixed. And the computer asked me, do you want to overwrite the other file with that one? And I said, yeah, that's exactly what I want to do. And so it went and it overwrote that old 
file with the new one. That's what we want to do with our prayers and with our words, with our declarations, with all those kinds of things. We want to overwrite the natural facts that we live in. We don't deny them. We don't pretend they're not there. We declare that they are a lower reality than the spiritual reality that we know in Christ. Does this make sense to you? So we want, that's what we do in prayer. We grab hold of the truth and we release it to overwrite the natural situation, to set somebody free from something, to set, you know, to bring healing to somebody, something like that. But so I just wanted to get out there that you may have, or you may not have uh, been exposed to uh, extremes on the subject we're going to talk about, but somebody teaching something in an extreme way never gives us the right or the privilege of um, eliminating or ignoring that truth. Just because somebody takes a truth and takes it to an extreme, that doesn't give us the right to ignore the truth. What we need to do is get hold of what does the word say about this. And if you start looking up in your Bibles, you start looking up verses on the, the words of your mouth, uh, it, just just go, just go and and just in the Psalms and Proverbs, just in those two books, pull up the word lips or pull up the word mouth, depending on what translation you're reading, dozens of scriptures about this subject. Jesus talked about this subject. Jesus modeled how to use our words. It's a really, really important subject. And again, I think a lot of times when there is a big truth like that, that's being shared with the body of Christ, the devil loves to come in and get a few people off track with it because then a whole bunch of us, I'm trying to think of a nicer way to say that, are dumb enough to abandon the truth because somebody took it to an extreme. Don't do that. Don't, that's, that's making ourselves easy prey right there. But anyway, so, so I don't want us to get to this point where uh, you know, we can't joke, we can't have fun, we can't do that kind of thing. And I certainly don't want us to get to where we can't communicate facts with one another and then get agreement in prayer designed to overwrite those facts. Does that make sense to you? So at the same time, I don't want us to take our words for granted or to be careless with them. Our words are really important. We as the body of Christ, I think you know, we look at society and we can say whatever we want to say about it, but honestly, what, it's what's happening in the church. It's what the church is doing that's making a difference, that holds the real, uh, that can drive our, our spiritual course as a society a different direction. You know, uh, so it's, it's more important to know what you know, to, to be doing the things that we are supposed to be doing. Let me give you this. Let me try and get through this a little bit. Um, so words carry spiritual realities and they release them into the physical realm. Just one example of that is in Mark chapter four, where uh, Jesus taught all day and taught a whole series of parables. So the disciples were there hearing the word of God all day long. Then he told him, okay, let's go to the other side of the lake. Took off in a boat. He went to sleep in the back. You remember this story, right? He went to sleep in the back, sleeping through this, this huge storm comes up. They're out in the middle of the lake and they're terrified. He's asleep 
it's clear that there was no storm going on where Jesus lived because he was living in that other reality with his father. There was no storm on the inside of him. He was asleep in the back of the boat. And they woke him up and they said, don't you even care about us? You know, that was their first whenever trouble comes. It's like, God doesn't care, you know. And, and, and so he got up and it, the original language says he spoke two words. And the first one was silence. He spoke to the wind and the waves. And he said, silence. I, I personally think he said, silence, whippersnapper but that might just be too much Wizard of Oz. But that's what I hear him saying. Silence, whippersnapper. And, and then uh, he went on and he said, essentially he said, be muzzled. He said a word that means to be muzzled in order to silence. Like somebody clamping their hand over your mouth to make you be quiet. He spoke those two words. And the storm stopped. He took what was on the inside of him, the peace and the authority they were on the inside of him, and through his words, he released them, and the, the environment responded to him. Okay, and then all through his ministry, it's not that, like if you read uh, John chapter 17, where he's interceding for us, certainly he did, he did teach us to ask things in prayer, okay? I, I get that, he did. But most of his prayer in ministry was declarative. He would just speak the word. He would say, come out, and the demons would come out. He wouldn't say, Father, please come and help so-and-so. They have this demon. Could you please come and do it? He just said, come out, right? He taught us to pray. Think about, uh, you know, Father in heaven, you know, he comes down through all of that, even, even what we call the Lord's Prayer, which is a really bad title for that prayer, but him teaching us to pray through that. He says, your kingdom come. Teaches us to pray. He's teaching us to pray. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give me today my daily bread. Forgive me my trespasses as I forgive others. It's, it's declarative in nature. Peace be still to the storm. Be healed or be it unto you according to your faith. He, he spoke those declarative statements. And then we see over in the book of Acts, we see Peter and John do the same thing. You know, they're walking along and uh, there's somebody there that needs healing. And the, it, was a, it was a person who was begging and asked them for money. And he said, they said, I don't, silver and gold, I don't have, but what I have, I'll give to you in the name of Jesus of Nazareth, rise and walk. You know, get up. It wasn't, again, it wasn't even father in the name of Jesus. Look on this person with mercy. Please heal this person. They just said in the name of Jesus Christ, get up and walk. And he did. And the religious people freaked out. But the point is, it was declarative. They were releasing the revelation that, that Jesus had given them about his healing and, and their role. They knew it was their role to release that healing to them. And they did it through their words. So there are lots and lots and lots of examples of this idea that our words carry and release spiritual realities into the physical world. I don't mean for that to sound 
weird. It's just the way it is. At the same time, words are not magic. Okay, our words are not magic. It's, I, I don't believe that you can just, you or I, with, in our own will and our own desires and all that, can just decide, oh, I want this, and then say it enough times, and, and it'll suddenly appear in your garage, okay? I, I don't think that's the way that's supposed to work. Words are not magic, but they are powerful. And again, what the, what the scripture tells us and what, what David prayed for one thing is, Lord, you know, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight. Those two things, as far as powerful words go, those two things are absolutely linked together. First of all, what comes out of your mouth is a great reflection. It isn't when it, especially when it comes out under pressure or when your guard is down. Either of those two situations. When those words come out of your mouth, those are coming out of what Jesus called the abundance of the heart. He said, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth will speak. So a lot of times we can tell what's really in our heart in abundance by what's coming out of our mouths or what's coming out of someone else's mouth. We can, we can tell in that way. Those words carry something with them. So if there's fear in abundance in your heart and that fear begins to come out of your mouth or there's negativity about where you live or the people around you or your family or whatever, if there's hopelessness and depression in your heart and you begin to speak those things out, you are releasing that out into the atmosphere and you are going to stumble into more and more and more. You're planting seed. You're doing what Annie just talked about to us. You're planting seeds that are going to come up in your future. And they are, they are go, those words are going out there and they're creating an atmosphere around you. And, and also at the same time, you are hearing those words yourself and they're impacting how your heart feels. You know, if you're hopeless, the last thing you need to do is get with a group of hopeless friends and talk about how hopeless it is. You know, it's, it's just you need somebody to speak the word to you. You need somebody not just to... Not just to make you feel better, you know what I mean? Just emotionally. I mean, it's nice to be encouraged, but you need more than that. You need somebody speaking the truth, speaking those realities of what God has for you up the road that are contrary to what you're seeing right now. Those are the people you need to go hang out with and have coffee with and be intentional about because you need to change what's in your heart in abundance so that it starts coming out your mouth. Okay? And you can't separate those two things. I mean, you can, and there's nothing wrong. I mean, um, I have all this actually in order in notes with scriptures and stuff, but it's just coming out like this. So, you know, there's nothing wrong with just deciding. We do this a lot, especially with each other. I'm just not going to talk about that right now because whatever I say is not going to be good. It's not going to help either of us get direction from the Spirit of God. It's not going to help either of us get to a different place in our hearts that we know we need to be. I am, we're just, we're just, we need to just leave it alone and go spend time with God and get it turned around. So there's nothing wrong with just shutting off the flow, with, with muzzling ourselves like Jesus did the sea and the wind. Nothing wrong with muzzling ourselves or muzzling someone else that you love you know, in love. 
There's nothing wrong with that, but it's not the ultimate solution. Just changing what's flowing out is not going to ultimately change what's flowing out. We need to change what's coming in and what's residing within us in order to do that. Does that make sense to you? Okay. Um, so let's see here. I just need to see if I need to go through. Okay, a couple more things that words do, and then maybe we'll look at some scriptures. So, so one of the principles in that, of course, is found in Proverbs chapter 4, verses, what, 20 through 23, that we need to guard our hearts. That's why the scripture says, guard your heart above everything else that you guard, because out of it flow the issues, the streams, the direction, the borders of your life. Okay, Proverbs chapter 4. So that's an important uh, part. Here's another thing. Words that are actually spoken from faith, whether that faith is in God or whether that faith is in a lie from the devil, whatever it is, if you're confident in it, it's in your heart in abundance, it has established a stronghold and you begin to speak out of it, those words will attract angelic um, activity or demonic activity depending on which direction they go. Uh, Psalm chapter 103, verse 20 says, the angels hearken to your word. The angels hearken to God's words. I'm not saying our words, but when the words that are coming out of us, the angels, and that word hearken means to listen with the intent to act upon. So when we start speaking truth rather than facts, when we start speaking what God has said over our situation and declaring it over our world and our situation, ourselves, when we start declaring what God has said, the angels listen to that, the scripture says. And the scripture also tells us that they are sent to be servants of the heirs of salvation. That's us. And so they go to work to get done what God's word is saying. I believe that that works the other way too. That if we continue to speak, believe and speak the lies of the devil, that we just attract demonic activity into our life and our home and our business and our co-workers and everything else. And again, where I think this right now, we're in a, we're in a into the head, out the mouth society or out the fingers on, onto social media. I mean, people are just spewing opinion. They're spewing anger. They're spewing, uh, they're, they're, they're calling each other names. You know, Jesus, Jesus said that we don't want to be calling other people names. We don't want to be calling other people fools. We don't want to be, he talks about anger, he talks about murder, he talks about, you know, in that whole comparison between you've heard, you've seen it written, you know, uh, don't commit adultery. Well, I'm saying to you, don't even look on a man or woman to lust, okay? He's, he's doing that whole thing of showing us that grace actually brings a higher standard than the law did. But it gives us the ability to walk it out. So that's a good deal. But, but it's not a get out of jail free card. It's not a, now what I, whatever I do doesn't matter because of grace. And he comes along in there and he says, don't call your brother a fool. Don't call somebody, you know, and, and that's where 
I've done really well with the murder part, <laughs> but not so good with the calling people idiots and things like that, especially in traffic. That's where I do it. And I live in Gunnison. I mean, that's sad. <laughs> that's really, really sad, you know. Uh, so so the, the point is, what, what's coming out matters, okay? And, and I think that we need to understand that we can increase either the angelic activity over our life or the demonic activity over our life uh, through what we are speaking, okay? Let me give you this one other example, and we'll go look at some scriptures, I promise. Um, I always found this interesting. So, so God created man, gave us the assignment in the earth. Man believed the lies of the devil and fell. And God started working the plan of salvation. He already had the plan of salvation before all that happened. Started working the plan of salvation. But in those early years, we have a number of stories of real trouble because there, there was no grace. There was no covering of sin. So sin brought judgment, right? Uh, you know, we talked recently about, the, about Noah, you know, and how God found someone to release favor on to deal with that darkness and that situation. But that story of the Tower of Babel, that's what always comes back to me. Uh, man had gotten, that we, apparently there was just one language. Everybody understood each other. So we could really communicate well. And again, our words are powerful. And, and every intent of the heart at that time was wicked and evil. And, and God looked at that and said, you know, they can do, and I'm paraphrasing here, they can do whatever they want to do. In other words, I don't mean it in the sense that, well, they can just do whatever they want to do. I mean, they're capable with this agreement with their words. They're capable of doing anything they want to do. They were trying to build, they, they were essentially building themselves up as God. They were, they were trying to build this tower that went all the way to the sky to make them God and not somebody else was what they were up to. And, he's, and so what he did is he came down and he confused the languages. He gave everybody different languages so we couldn't communicate so well out of evil hearts because there's a, you know, there is a lot in the Bible about the power of agreement. When we, Jesus taught us to pray in agreement, to find people where we can agree around the word of God and we can come together and release those prayers because there's a lot of power in agreement when our hearts are in agreement. And so... That's what was going on there. And so God's answer to that was to confuse the languages and it's people, you know, spread people out throughout the earth. And it, and it made it much more difficult for us to come together and produce all the evil stuff that we wanted to produce at the time. So that went on. And then when Jesus went to the cross and then he sent the Holy Spirit, he said, wait and received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, told his disciples, don't go anywhere, don't go out and minister yet, wait until you're empowered by the Holy Spirit coming. And the very first thing that the Holy Spirit addresses when he comes upon people is they begin to speak in a heavenly language that passes, the Bible tells us, that when we pray in other tongues, our intellect is unfruitful. Our mind is unfruitful. So in other words, we're no longer just praying what we can think of to pray, which isn't always bad, but it's not as good as praying what the Holy Spirit can think of to pray, right? 
And so that was one of the very first things that, that the Holy Spirit did as he empowered the church was he gave us an ability to come into a level of agreement that completely bypasses our intellect and we can all pray together by the Holy Spirit. We can be used. The Holy Spirit in that kind of setting is the one I'm talking... Anyway, I'm not going to go any farther. I'll just confuse people. Um, the Holy Spirit in that setting is the one. If a few of us get together and we're praying, I'm not talking about giving messages in tongues. That's a different issue. Come to Tuesday night if you want to hear about that. But, uh, but I'm talking about the prayer language that he gives us. We can come together and we can pray in the Spirit. And we can pray, the Scripture tells us, we pray the perfect, the mind and the will of God. He readdressed that because there's so much power in the words that are released through that. And what's so cool about that is when we do that, we'll pray in the Spirit and then we'll pray in our understanding. We'll pray in the Spirit and then God will show one of us something and we'll begin to speak out whatever it is He gives us. And we'll pray in the Spirit and we'll, we'll just go through this thing. And, and so the Lord came right back around and gave us the ability to speak from His heart. I think that's so cool. It just, to me, just shows the power of what we're talking about. God cares about our words. Okay, uh, let's look at this. I'm going to kind of move through this real quickly because I want to get somewhere else. But just to remind you, uh, the scripture does say, and I, I don't think there's anybody in this room that would disagree with this, so we don't need to spend a lot of time on it. But God did create everything through words, and he maintains everything through his words. And, and just one place, Hebrews 11.3 says, by faith, we understand that the worlds during the successive ages were framed, fashioned, and put in order and equipped for their intended purpose by the word of God, so that what we see, what's in the natural, was not made out of things that are visible. In other words, God released spiritual realities into the physical realm. Um, Psalm 33, 6 repeats this, by the word of the Lord were the heavens made and all their, their host by the breath of his mouth. Hebrews 1, 3 talks about this, how Jesus is the sole expression of the glory of God. He is the perfect imprint and very image of God's nature, upholding and maintaining and guiding and propelling the universe by his mighty word of power. Okay, so God's word is central. And again, we are created in his likeness and in his image and given an assignment here on the earth. So let's look at a couple of these other verses. You know, again, words carry spiritual realities and release them into the physical world. Proverbs 18.21 is the classic verse on this subject. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. And they who indulge in it shall eat the fruit of it for death or for life. Okay. The New King James says those who love it. Okay. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. Those who love it will eat the fruit of it. Okay. That, that phrase, those who love it, it means who indulge to excess. People who indulge to excess in talking who just talk and talk and talk. And again, that's where I was a few minutes ago, in the brain, out the mouth. Okay, in the brain, out the mouth. We're, we have started to learn to live that way. And we're not going to get that far, but there are a number of verses in Proverbs that tell us 
the, the wise man or the righteous man considers carefully what he says. Think before you speak. I don't know why, but my mom used to say that all the time. I have no idea what, why, you know, she was probably talking to one of my brothers. But she used to say that all the time. So what this is saying, this same word, uh, those who love it or those who indulge in excess in just, just talking and letting everything out, that same word is used to describe overeating or, or getting drunk, drinking too much. Okay, so it's the idea of indulging in something, uh, doing it too much, okay? Um, that same verse, Proverbs 18, 21, in the Passion Translation says, your words are so powerful that they will kill or give life, and the talkative person will reap the consequences. So again, sometimes it's better just to be quiet, all right? Just, just to... Keep it quiet. Here are a couple more. I'll just give you these and you can look them up this week. Proverbs 18.20 says, From the fruit of his mouth, a man's stomach is filled with the harvest from his lips. He is satisfied. With the fruit of his mouth, his stomach is filled. That, that term stomach there speaks of your life and satisfaction that would come. With the harvest of his lips, he is satisfied. Proverbs 12, 14 says, From the fruit of his lips, a man is filled with good things as surely as the work of his hands rewards him. That's a powerful one. As surely as the work of his hands rewards him. We don't think that most of the time. But that's what the Bible says. From the fruit of his lips, filled with good things, as surely as the work of his hands rewards him. Proverbs eleven eleven says, we, we read this one, I think, last week, through the blessing of the upright, a city is exalted, but by the mouth of the wicked, it is destroyed. See, and that's, that's what I think the Lord wants us to get. I think that we are real quick in the context of our political opinions, in the context of our our. Uh, spiritual beliefs, all of those things. We're quick to pick up a negative thread. And what, what we believe may just be our opinion, but it may be true. But are we releasing life with our words? Or are we releasing, and again, I, you know, I spend a fair amount of time on social media, and a lot of the stuff, the opinion, I may even agree with the opinion, but if it's, you know, not that that God's opinion probably matters more than mine, but uh, I may agree with it. But if that thing, if it's releasing that anger and that strife and that division and putting other people down, then it's not right for us to be doing that. We are sowing discord and division into a society that's already so much in discord and, and division and for us as the church to be picking that up and doing that, you can have an opinion and not express it in that way. You can have an opinion, but you have to what? You have to think about what you're saying. You have to pray the prayer, Lord, put a watch over my lips, over my fingers, on the keyboard. Just, you know, just sometimes, and, and again, I'm not, I'm not preaching this to you because I'm perfect at it. I'm just saying there are a lot of things I want to respond to 
we need to have a voice. We need to be making our voices heard. No question about it. But we've got to think about the heart that's behind that voice. We've got to think about are we drawn? And, and in the political realm, we've got to think about kingdom first. Kingdom first. Because ultimately, every government that's ever been, every man's government always gets corrupt. Always. I'm not saying we shouldn't fight for the best. I'm not saying you shouldn't have an opinion. I'm not saying you shouldn't be involved. I'm saying kingdom first. Because that's eternal and all this is going to pass away. Does that make sense to you? Whether you agree or not, does it make sense to you? Okay. So um, there's a lot we could go through here. I'm, I'm just going to move on. We, we should be done because I know I probably started early too. Let's just look at this. And So... Yeah, why don't you turn over to, actually, why don't you turn real quickly with me over to Matthew chapter 12. Let's pick up these verses, and then we can get off of this. And like I said, either we'll come back another Sunday and try and be a little more orderly, or maybe we'll pick this up on Tuesday night where we can discuss this a little more. Matthew chapter 12, Jesus is speaking in, and it begins in verse 33. I'm going to read it. It's not the verses that are up on your screen, obviously. Um, Jesus is speaking here, and he says this. I'm going to read it from the Amplified. He says, Either make a tree sound, healthy, and good, and its fruit sound, healthy, and good, or make a tree rotten, diseased, and bad, and its fruit rotten, diseased, and bad. For the tree is known and recognized and judged by its fruit. So what he's saying is we, we don't, uh, when we look at fruit, whether it's good or bad, we look at uh, fruit is always the Outward expression of what's on the inside. The fruit of our lips is our words. The fruit of, our, uh, of what's going on in our heart is our actions, our attitudes, those things that are outward. And Jesus says, you, you don't look at a tree that might look okay on the outside and then decide if it's okay and, and think, well, maybe it's going to produce good fruit. You look at the fruit. You look at what comes out and by that you can tell whether the tree is good or bad. And he says, if you want good fruit, make the tree good, right? He's pointing to the inside. He's pointing to the, to the tree and he's saying, if you want good fruit, don't just, change, don't just try and fix the fruit. You got to fix the tree. So whatever's going on in that tree, that's going to produce fruit, bad or good. It's going to produce it. So, so with our own lives, we start to think, okay, then, you know, I need to, the verse that is on your screen, may the words of my mouth, the meditation of my heart be pleasing in your sight, O Lord. I need to look at the meditation of my heart. I need to look at, to make the fruit of my lips good, I've got to look at what am I thinking on? What am I dwelling on? If you, and, and I pray this, I pray, God, let me hear what I'm saying. He blessed me with a wife, so she does quite a bit of that for me, and I do it for her. Not pointing any fingers here. It's a blessing because sometimes we'll hear something coming out of the other one and, we're, you know, we'll be able to say, you know what, you know, you need to be encouraged in that area because what's coming out is not what we want to have on the inside in that area. And, but I do ask, Lord, help me. And I've, and I've watched him do this over the years. I'll hear myself calling people idiots on the road. I'll hear. And I know when that happens, the Holy Spirit is wanting to change that. 
This is not the fruit I want coming out of your mouth. It's not what you want to be sowing. It's not what you want to be putting back in your own heart so that you go through the day all discouraged and angry. And, and you know, I, I don't have time. I could tell you a story the other morning. I mean, just driving from Antelope Hills to here, I got behind like three or four idiots. And... Uh, <laughs> Just in that little distance while I get here. It's, it's Wednesday morning. We're coming here to pray. We're coming here, you know, to get together and pray. I'm all mad when I drive in and I'm thinking, you live in Gunnison. You know, it's not that big a deal. You know, it's, it's okay that people don't know how to drive across a two-lane bridge on both sides but have to go through the middle so they stop and wait for each other because they don't think they can fit through when you can fit two big pickups through. It's not a big deal, okay? And I've forgotten the whole thing already. So, so... Anyway, the point is, if we're going to address what's coming out of our mouths, because we understand how important that is, the first thing we have to address, what we're taking in, what we're allowing ourselves to think on, because that's what is going to come out of your mouth. Jesus goes on and he says, you offspring of vipers, because he was so sweet. He says, how can you speak good things when you are evil for out of the fullness of the overflow, the superabundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. The good man, I love this, the good man from his inner good treasure flings forth good things. The evil man out of the inner evil storehouse flings forth evil things. And when we fling forth good things, not only do other people hear it and we sow good seed into other people's hearts, we sow hope, we sow joy, we sow direction, we sow how much God loves them. We plant those things in their heart. Not only do we do that, but it has an impact on our environment, just like when Jesus spoke to the winds and the waves. It changes, we can change the atmosphere of our homes, of our schools, of our community, of our businesses, for one direction or the other by what we speak. And in order to be speaking those good things, we've got to change what we're putting in our hearts. We've got to spend time with God because God is never without hope and he's never without love and he's never that discouraged and he never doesn't have a way for you to move forward. You know, Karen just read that verse this morning out of Habakkuk that we're going to be like, Hindsight means he's going to give us goat's feet. It's just such an awesome scripture. And we're going to be able to just go up and skip along on those high places, those things that would try and come against you in life. God's never without hope. So there's no reason for us to be without hope. And there's no reason for us to curse our society and our homes and our businesses with our words. But he says here, the good man out of the good treasure in his heart will fling forth good things. That's where we need to be, church. That's who we need to be in this community. Not just picking up the negative of the world and repeating what we hear. There's so much more we could say, but I hope you got something out of that. Let's stand up this morning and pray together over it. Let's just pray together over our words, over our hearts. Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, I, I ask, Father, that you would, as your word says, put a watch over our lips. And anyone who would agree with that in this place, just ask that from your heart. Lord, put a watch over my lips. Holy Spirit, let it ring in my ears. Lord, when I'm, when I'm saying the wrong things, when I'm putting out the wrong attitude, let it ring in my ears. 
And Father, I do ask you in the, in the important situations of life, Lord, that you give us the right heart and allow us or show us how to speak out the right things, to sow the right seed, to break the darkness with words of light and life. Lord, over our community, over our world, over our nation, Lord God, we, we ask you to, to change those things. Give us uh, what we need to be putting in our hearts and where we are spending time and, and just dwelling on the negative. Father, where the, we are dwelling on negative facts, we're asking you, Holy Spirit, to instead bring us your truth and help us to meditate the truth to make that the meditation of our heart, to make the goodness of God and the grace of God and your purpose for our lives the meditation of our heart so that that is what is coming out of our mouths. Father, where we have been just cursing people around us, Father, we ask your forgiveness, first of all, Lord, for that. We pray that those words would fall to the ground inoperative. And Lord, instead, we choose, your word says that the uh, the righteous, that their mouth is a fountain of blessing. It is a fountain of life. And I just pray for every one of us, Lord, that that would be us. So help us to make that turn, Lord, and to re-engage or to engage with that kind of lifestyle and not to empower those natural facts with our faith, but instead overwrite them with truth. We thank you for that this morning, Lord. I pray that this people will go out into this town and just bless it speak blessing, declare your best, declare your blessing over it, and that our whole valley, Lord, would, would just be vibrant with the life of God. We thank you for it in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. All right. Did you get anything out of this? All right. We're going to let you go. I'm sure there's all kinds of snacks out there. If you need prayer, there'll be some folks up here to pray with you this morning. But let's say it on the count of three that Jesus is Lord over the Gunnison Basin and the world will be dismissed. One, two, three. Jesus is Lord over the Gunnison Basin and the world. Amen. Thank you for listening to this message from Rocky Mountain Christian Ministries in Gunnison, Colorado. We hope you will visit us at rmcmchurch.org like our Facebook page, or subscribe to our messages on YouTube.